Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you. And the nation shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around, and see, they gather together, they come to you. Your son shall come from afar, and your daughter shall be carried on the hip. Then you shall see and be radiant. Your heart shall thrill and exult, because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. The wealth of the nation shall come to you. A multitude of camels shall cover you. The young camels of Midian and Ephah, all those from Sheba shall come. They bring gold and frankincense and shall bring good news, the praises of the Lord. Well, no ancient prophet ever spoke these words and no cheerful carol singers have yet put them to song. But here is a trustworthy saying and worthy of acceptance. You can put lipstick on a pig, but it's still a pig. Or if you want the more festive version, how about this? You can stick a miserable minister in a Christmas jumper or stick a cheerful tie around his neck, but at the end of the day, he is still a miserable minister. I wonder how many of us right now are staring down the barrel of yet another Christmas and trying to do exactly that. Stick on the Christmas jumper, stick on the smile, and try desperately, even if just for the kids, to feel all the right feels about baby Jesus. But sometimes you end up feeling like that box under the tree that's all wrapped up in the most extravagant ribbons and all empty on the inside. Well, friends, I have a confession to make, and perhaps you'll think it's a terrible thing for a minister to admit, but I think it's important to be honest because it's the only way back to Christmas joy. So here goes. There are times, even at this time of year, when I find that I don't really care about God. It's not that I doubt he's real or that he's loving or that he's good. That's never been my problem. It is far, far worse than that. I sometimes just don't care. I spent this week dealing with a broken car, planning talks, realizing that time is running out for presents. It's not exactly been a week of Christmas cheer. And maybe some of you are feeling the same way. This year, you've struggled to find that warm, Christmassy light inside yourself. And even if you pull on the jumper, the truth is, like me, your heart often feels a little like lead, cold and heavy, and maybe a little bit sad. Well, where do we go with that? How can weary hearts rejoice in Christmas? That's something our world has a lot of advice for, isn't it? How to dig deep and find those authentic Christmassy feels. But usually, the answer is something along the lines of look inside yourself and find the true goodness. Find your truest self and let that out. Maybe you'll realize if you look hard inside yourself that family just stresses you out. It makes you an unkind person. Well, 
Just ditch them this year. You look after you for a change. Maybe it's the meal and the gifts that just add more trauma. Well, ditch them this year or shell out on a pre-prepared turkey crown. Marks and Spencer's promised me that is the secret to happiness. Just dig deep and find what makes you happy and you be you. And if you can't find that light within yourself, well, maybe, especially at services like this, you can be made to feel like you're just a bit of a Scrooge. But the one who made us human beings, who knows us best, he has a far kinder answer. And you'll see it printed there in verse 4 of our last lesson, because Christmas really is all about joy. It's what he came into the world to bring. But if you're searching for that real joy, God says, don't look in. Look up. Lift up your eyes all around and see. There is a light shining, verse 5, that can make the coldest heart thrill and sing. Well, we've been meditating this Christmas as a church on the beautiful Bible imagery of Jesus' birth as the dawning of light into a dark world. And if you're a fan of Handel's Messiah, well, maybe the words of that last reading from Isaiah sounded familiar. And they're words that tell us something strange and wonderful about Jesus coming into the world. They tell us that when we look up at his light, it changes us. This is a light, verse 5, that shines on gloomy hearts and makes us radiant. A light that makes everything so beautiful that the world wants to stop and come close and look again at God's people. So here's the strange thing. We actually become more ourselves, not by looking inside, but by looking up. I wonder then if amid all of the carols, we would give the next 10 minutes or so to the one who shone into the world that first Christmas. And I'd like us to see two very simple truths in these words from Isaiah, inspired by the man who I think has a very good claim to be the true Father Christmas, not St. Nicholas, I'm afraid, another long dead saint called Athanasius, who lived at the same time as St. Nick and wrote one of the earliest books exploring why God would take on human flesh and come into the world as a baby. And that old saint, Athanasius, he thought long and hard about what it is to truly be ourselves, to be truly human and happy. And here's what he learned from passages like the one we just read. First, you and I were made to have our eyes up. What is it to be a human being? Well, according to Athanasius, at least, to be human is to be made with a capacity for reason and relationship. We saw it right from our first reading. There was something different, precious, about that shamed man and woman running from God in the garden. They were not made like the slaves, like animals. They were made in the image of God. 
to walk with him in the garden. We were made to be curious, to create, to explore, to care. And yet what does Isaiah see as he looks out over the earth? Thick darkness covering all peoples. And darkness in the Bible is not just a moral thing. The the tragedy goes deeper than that. Isaiah began this book with a heartbreaking claim in the mouth of God. He said, my children no longer recognize me. The ox knows its maker. Even the donkey knows its master's crib. But my own people do not know and do not understand the one who gave them life. One of the saddest things of all is the day your parent or your spouse no longer recognizes your face. We dread that day ever coming, don't we? Imagine if it was your children, your creatures. That is how Isaiah sees us human beings. So darkness is not simply a moral thing. It's our intellect, our wills. We were made to have our eyes up to look for the face of God. But when we turned away from him, it's as if the whole world fell under a spell where our curiosity was numbed and we fell into drudgery so that we're not only ignorant of who God is, but the truth is we don't even really care. Isn't that where so many of us are? The people we live with, work with, they don't really care. We've lost our desire to even look for God. But what is a human being who's lost their curiosity? What use is this amazing human reason we've been given if we don't use it to know the one we're for? We were made to have our eyes up. And if we don't, well, we're not truly human. No matter how hard we try to express ourselves or forge an identity for ourselves, somehow we have got ourselves trapped in this bubble of sense experience where all we even care about are the things we can see and touch right here under our noses. We are made things, aren't we? But under the spell, the only things we're able to care about, the only things we can love are other made things. When my father was going through endless rounds of chemotherapy in his last years, one of the hardest things of all was that he lost his sense of taste. Everything became bland. He would go through bottles and bottles of chili just trying to taste something. And it was heartbreaking to see the joy slowly bleed out of all the things that add richness to human life. He was a man so full of fun, but his whole world had shrunk down to the next pill, the next appointment, the next test, to the world right under his nose. But there's a little picture there of what the Bible says we've all become, trapped in this world of our own sense experience. Humanity has become stooped. We're bending low 
in the words of the carol. Desperately looking for joy down here, but all the while refusing to look up at the one it comes from. And it is so much less than what we're made to be. Well, if you can recognize any truth at all in that picture, here is one wonderful dimension of the Christmas message. You and I were made to have our eyes up. And so in God's love, Jesus breaks our spell by coming down. If all we care about, all we'll look at is this human world of our senses, then to lift up our heads, God will have to come down to us, into our ordinary world, and through an ordinary human body, he will do wonderful things that dazzle us with the glory of God. And isn't that exactly what Isaiah sees? Arise, shine, for your light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. He's come to you. Athanasius, my Father Christmas, he compares it to the way a kind and caring teacher might handle a stubborn child who just refuses to get up off the floor. Sometimes you've got to go and sit with them on the carpet until he's willing to lift up his head and learn. And for Athanasius, that is what God was doing for you and for me at Christmas. Since human beings, he said, have rejected the contemplation of God and sunk into an abyss with our eyes held downwards, seeking God here in creation, the lover of human beings, the word of God, takes to himself a body and dwells as human among humans. And through that human body, he draws us to himself. There's one line of In the Bleak Midwinter that I think is as profound as anything else we sing at Christmas. Enough for him whom cherubim worship night and day, a breast full of milk and a manger full of hay. Enough for him whom angels fall down before the ox and ass and camel to adore. Who is the one lying in the manger? He is swaddled starlight, the one who lights up the heavens for us to lift our eyes up and show us God's. It's why in that last carol, we didn't sing to the star of Bethlehem, guide us with thy perfect light. No, we sung, guide us to thy perfect light. Because the true light of heaven isn't the star above the stable. The true light is the one it leads us to, the glory that fills the manger. God's glory in the Bible is the outward shining of who he truly is, his heart, his power, his kindness, his holiness. Everything we see when we look at Jesus, his son. Did you see how for Isaiah here, God's glory shines when he comes to his people into the world? First, in verses one to three, it shines as he makes his people beautiful. His glory is seen Upon you, 
You were bent so low. Now the nations have come to your light to offer gifts and praise to the one they were made for. He changes us. And then in verses 4 to 6, it shines his glory as he brings lost children home, prodigal sons who've been far away, daughters carried home on the hip. He's talking there about forgiveness, isn't he? And perhaps that is the most glorious thing about this baby. He came down so that we could not only see God's love, but be forgiven for our not even caring about it. And for that, he will have to sink even lower than the manger, all the way down to death and hell for us. And yet the lower he sinks, the more brightly he shines. C.S. Lewis compares Jesus coming into the world to a diver searching for some lost, precious thing. First, he says, he reduces himself to nakedness, then down through green and warm water into black, cold water, down through increasing pressure into the death-like regions of ooze and slime and old decay, and then up again, back to color, back to light, his lungs almost bursting, till suddenly he breaks the surface, holding in his hand that dripping, precious thing he went down to recover. You. I wonder then if... The reason that we so often struggle for Christian Christmas joy is that we're still looking for it inside of ourselves. And friends, it's okay if you don't find it there. That doesn't make you a Scrooge. It makes you a human. Because the light that we're made for is not within us. The light we're made for has to shine on us. And he has. So lift up your eyes and let your heart find joy this Christmas in Jesus Christ. Let's bow our heads and pray to him. Gracious Lord Jesus, we praise you for the love and grace that would come down from heaven for us lost, indifferent human beings to lift us up to the joy and warmth and eternal love that you made us for. Forgive us, Lord, for our disinterest, for our cold hearts. Forgive us for closing our eyes to all that is good and beautiful and true. Would we receive your gift, we pray, this Christmas and welcome you into our hearts, the light of heaven, so that we could delight in your glory, glory as of the only Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. Amen.